Start recording. All right. Welcome to the Wrestle Down. Every week we talk about wrestling. We uh, we're two people who just got to know each other, but uh, it's very simpatico. It's great. Um, I, we both love wrestling. We're both here to share that love with you guys. Uh, how's it going? I'm Jared Palapal, and we got Mars over here. How's it going? How you Mars? going, my friends? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, just uh, yesterday was a. Um, I had maybe a food poisoning or something yesterday, mm. so that wasn't too fun. But um, uh, it's funny. I called out of my part-time job, and they were like, it's okay to say that you don't want to come because of the weather. And I was like, wait, what? Like, like, I live in a basement with no windows. Like, I have no idea what's happening outside. Oh, yeah, me too. I only knew that it was like <laughs> the weather was bad because I could hear it outside. Uh, right, just all right. the rain hitting my, my handful of windows that are two feet taller than me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, this morning, because I missed it, I had uh, me and the ex were like, it looked like we were like uh, the seven dwarfs because we were, it looked more like we were excavating than shoveling because we had to like use like picks and stuff to break through the ice and everything. But, oh, wow. Um, so that's that. Uh, but I did get, a, after I did that, a good hunk of, uh, of, of some cool wrestling stuff in this week. So I'm excited to talk about it. And oh, also, man. we have a cool thing. Uh, that I think we're going to do this week. So, uh, Hell yeah, let's get started, man. We always start yeah. with uh, talking about what we watched in wrestling this week and chatting about that. Oh, so you were telling me you went down to YouTube rabbit hole or whatever you want to start with. So, so uh, I, I watched a lot of one-offs this, uh, okay. this week. And uh, part of it was that you had sent me, I had mentioned on the end of the last show that I'm a big uh, Oscar fan mm-hmm. and I had never seen uh, any of her prior stuff. And I have to say, after a few matches I watched this morning, I feel like I had heard Metallica's The Black Album and then never thought to go back and, like, like <laughs> I, don't, I don't really need to look at this Ride the Lightning stuff. And then I found it, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what an asshole I've been all this time. <laughs> no, right. Because, like, because, like, I watched – let's see. Let me pull up my notes here. Um, I have so many notes for the show. I watched a few um, – pretty amazing matches the first one i watched i actually like just clicked it and i i'd forgotten been so long not long but it'd been like a week since you sent the link so i couldn't remember why you wanted me to to watch it at first so yeah um that uh kamiko coco is that uh uh kyoko kimura yeah, com- yeah. um yeah so oh. that that uh the first of those two matches i didn't watch the uh the more renowned of the two but i okay. i didn't even know to the end of that match who like I was so enthralled with uh, Kimura and her her, her um, Jamaican gear and everything yeah. else, like that. I I like didn't pay attention to who this like you know person she was throttling was until like the very end of the match where like she was like on the mat like mostly uh, looked like she was dying. Yeah. But what YouTube did is like, oh, you like this, did you? And it automatically <laughs> started. And I watched two great matches. Uh, I watched uh, her, her original name was Kana, right? Is that how you, you say it? Kana? Yep. Yeah, Kana. Kana. Yeah. Um, uh, versus uh, in a title match from uh, the from 2016, um, I watched her have this incredible match with Hakano Nakamori. Um, does that okay. sound? Uh, that sounds familiar. I have um, not seen that one though, but yeah. Um, she. It was just great. Um, and it was uh, it was a very interesting at the end because 
no one, I didn't know who anyone was, but no one seemed happy about the outcome and, and a bunch <laughs> of people, a bunch of other um, Japanese pro wrestling athletes were, um, uh, Japanese women's pro athletes were like coming in and like uh, slapping Kana and like running her down and she was just acting all relaxed and um, nice. I thought that was a great match. It was like a four-star match. Um, as a big Chikara fan, um, Quack would bring in a lot of Joshi wrestlers, and that would be um, – and, you know, one of the factions was a, uh, a Japanese women's wrestling league, and they bring in the Sendai girls a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had been familiar over the course of a couple King of Trios. Again, apologize for me butchering these names with uh, – Mimoko Satamora. Mako Satamora? Yep, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was I liked her quite a bit. I'd seen she had won her team had won King of Trios one year and, mm-hmm. and went very far the next year. And um she fought Kana in this crazy fucking match where some dude played a loot the whole time. <laughs> I've seen that one, yeah. Um, yeah, it's the it, one that's like bathed in blue light like the entire time. Yeah. 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 I was going to bring that one up and send it to you if I could remember it, but yeah, glad you found yeah, it on your own. I had to watch it a few times because I like sort of got distracted by like the nuances and stuff like that. And like the tide had kind of turned and even though I was looking at it, I wasn't really watching it. It was a really dense match and everybody like um, what I'm finding that I like about uh, Joshi Mm. is that there are times that it looks like a real fight. Mm. Um, and then there's also that kind of, there's that air of that Japanese, like standing there and taking each other's strikes. And also right. as a big action film fan, like I love all the bombs uh, and, and, you know, grew up being a big boxing fan. Um, I love all the bombs that they throw over the course of the match. And oh, yeah. in this, uh, you know, loot notwithstanding, which I'm not, I'm still not positive what I think about it, which it was actually kind of affected by something I watched last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it just, uh, I, I probably would have been more taken down by it, uh, taken back by it, but like, man, what a cool, what a, you know, what a cool match. Like those three matches like made me, I'm going to definitely don't be surprised if I watched, you know, a bunch more of yeah. her old matches. And, and like I said, like, you know, it's tough, like, and maybe it is, but like, again, like now that's two women's federations that were, they were on my radar, but like now it's just a matter of like, like, you know, where am I going to find? Right. <laughs> where am I I gonna, it's like a, it's like a, 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 a spoil of riches. Like, I just don't know, like, you know. Yeah, you could just go down the gonna... rabbit hole. And, yeah. I like that. The Kimura match is so interesting because it was 2008. So that means, like, I think Asuka was uh, about four years in her career at that point. So, mm-hmm. like, she, you know, I think all the things we've seen of her in WWE is all, like, she's got this, like, aura of, like, being invincible. But in, like, right. these matches, she's more or less neck and neck with whoever she's against. And it's, like, yeah. it's so interesting to see her get, like, ragdolled and just take these, like, just hellacious forearms to the chest. Like, right. God, if, some, if, if that sound came from my chest... I would like stop the match and call my mom. Like I would. Yeah, I would be dead. <laughs> yeah, but, just like, some great hard hitting no, matches. Yeah, there's no way. Like it's just it's that it's that thing. Like I remember, um, at old uh, Ring of Honor shows, watching like low key um, kick somebody, and you know, like there was no leg slap. That was that other poor human being's body <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that made that noise. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, brutal. Uh, yeah, I think both of us would highly recommend going back and trying to find some of Asuka or Kata's like old uh, pre WWE. For sure, stuff. she definitely like, earned her and, reputation. And it, yeah, and it can't be as there's a magic trick there, and that's what I appreciate about it. Because as much as I could watch Ishii and um, uh, Shingo punch each other for real all day, like uh, there has to be a magic trick there. Because like there was one time uh, that I thought that in the um, in the loop match that I thought it was over yeah. because uh, kind of took a fucking kick right to the head. And I was like, that can't be, they, they can't fight anymore. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like this, this, like she's done. And, and I know she's alive, but that's the only solace that I have because she's knocked out. But there's <laughs> right. another like 15 minutes after that. And oh my God, yeah. it just like, so, so there's, they're, they're either like dumb, tough, like ridiculous tough, like in a way that, or, they're so they've learned so well that they're like because again i don't see a lot of thigh slapping and you know what i mean like no, yeah the contact is very snug so i, I really enjoyed it i'm very excited I'm, I'm a i'm a i remember i was telling my uh my ex today that probably rob feinstein which makes the story a, a little more problematic in retrospect <laughs> right shamed me into getting like a new all japan women compilation like kind of he's like this is the mm. best thing i have and i was like Ooh. <laughs> more chris jericho videos <laughs> and he's and he's and he, like so i got it and then after and and not like not because of him but just because of like knowing what ecw was shilling lady wise like i i didn't watch it for a while because i'm like oh this is probably gonna make me uncomfortable right and yeah yeah one day my girlfriend put it on because she was just like let's just watch what what this is like it's been sitting here like and we did and i was like it just you know, Miami Toyota and Dumb Matsumoto and uh, Aja Kong and all these great uh, combat. Was there any combat? No, I always forget. But uh, the, the, it had some some later Crush Girls stuff on there and Jumpy Bomb Angels. And it's just a matter of like my mind was blown. Yeah, you know, definitely. But, so I, it reminds me of that because there's like just a – it's different than that, but there's an air of – something exciting and dangerous about it in the same way that that was, you know, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I watched, um, she had a follow-up match with Kyoko Kimura that happened, uh, seven months later. Uh, uh-huh. and it's kind of a continuation of the same thing. They're just viciously like attacking each other. And like, at one point, uh, kind of Asuka takes like a headbutt that busts her open like Shibata style. Uh-huh. And it is, oof, it's gruesome. Uh, like it's hard to watch, but it is a thrilling, you know, match. It's like, yeah, I can see why these matches are less than ten minutes long, because uh, right. it's like ten minutes that you're going to need two months to recover from. You know? Right. Like in that twenty-minute match, I remember like not being any, um, not being a lot of like, you know, like the 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 way that would even be in New Japan is that t- you know at the like nineteen eighteen minute mark there'd be a lot of you know dudes on their back you know, yeah. trying to keep conscious and breathing hard. This was 20 minutes of any time they stopped, there was like a snug submission on and whatever. And like, it was just like, it's not the neck bumps that I saw, you know, Toyota take when I, you know, learned the magic of her. Um, yeah. But again, it's de- like I said, those like kicks and stuff like that. I was like, jeepers, like Jesus. Like I, I just, you know, didn't like, I wasn't expecting that. I don't know why. I think I was expecting 
I tried real hard to think what my expectations were, and I think I was expecting in this AEW probably has a little bit to do with this because I think it's the shorthand when you have Joshi wrestlers working with uh, you know American style female wrestlers, right. and I think that I was expecting like female young bucks or you know mm, like yeah. I, like a lot of like flippity flip stuff and there's some but like not a lot no yeah you know and like i kind of was going through um i ended up like playing sleeping dogs for a while so i spent another chunk of my morning extorting things from vendors but uh, <laughs> i uh, um you know i i was kind of looking at other like you know recent stardom highlights and it seems to be like whether that's you know 2008 you know, it, the first I saw on, it seems to be that seems to be what the, the kind of women's style is now through. And I have seen a little ice ribbon in trying to keep up with like big Japan guys. I like and totally, match, yeah. uh, wrestlers I like. So I, you know, but they're mostly were fighting uh, like fellas. So, but yeah, like, thank you. Like I was like, you, you, you pointed me in the right direction and in typical me fashion, I, I took a hard left after the first time, <laughs> but I definitely found, stuff i i really am excited about i don't blame you man that's like the the magic of like where we're living now like i can send you right. a one match of anybody and then you can probably find sure. just the next whatever auto plays next is probably a five-star match right right know, whatever have, survives I, from the era my best friend just like and i'm sure there are a lot of people like i think new star wars is coming out and disney plus was the straw that broke the camel's back but like like wrestling has just dropped off for him yeah and like i'm always saying like man like you're gonna love zach saber and you're gonna love this and as soon as i saw it like I, this today i was like oh i gotta send this link to tiny but then i was like you know what like i i, I feel like i gotta back off because I'm, I'm sending him too much stuff and <laughs> but, like, i'm also that I, guy <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm counter-programming against myself at this point but yeah right what, what have you watched so far this oh uh, let's see did you watch this week's uh aw dynamite I watched, uh, I'm surprised we didn't think to lead with this. So I saw, um, I, we were just settling in to do the Star Wars show mm -hmm. uh, when one of the hosts, uh, uh, my, my, my dear friend uh, Alberto, or Lilberto as I call him, or Millennial Falcon, as he calls himself <laughs> on the show, uh, didn't, was like, I, I can't come yet. Yeah. And I, I was like, why? And in the Discord chat, he just like put a picture of like Sting. Like, uh, <laughs> like what are you talking about? Like, like I, I thought he just meant that he's watching wrestling. And then Twitter exploded and I got to see the Tony Schiavone thing. So that was awesome. I didn't see any context of it, but okay. I, yeah. I did see that. Uh, and I saw the title match. Oh, yes. Yeah, the title match was very good. Um, yeah, it's a very good episode of Dynamite. I, they lived up to, you know, advertising the hell out of this one to, you know, boost their ratings a little bit before basketball and holidays you know come back mm -hmm. um yeah the big news things would definitely sting uh coming back which the uh context was basically that he came back to help cody rhodes and right. stare down darby allen and who knows where that's gonna go yeah. i i don't have any interest in seeing sting or whatever he would do in 2020 no. uh, but i was out of my seat and like like freaking out when he made that entrance though so yeah i mean yeah. if he's a spiritual advisor for for yeah. Darby or, you know what I mean? Like whatever else, like I'm, I'm totally good with that. Yeah. Same. I'm like, you know, I, like I said, not really interested in seeing him in the ring or I don't know how he'd work as a manager really, but like I'm confident in them because they don't, they're not like hot shotting old guys into like spots where they don't belong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. It's the nice thing about AEW. They're not like 
Right. You know, they're not like building somebody up to be invincible and then having Goldberg win the title in Saudi Arabia. Right. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll tell you this: that my only, and, and I'm sure that people who are ten or twelve years older than me will have the same problem. My problem with all these awesome AEW managers are is that I didn't grow up watching Paul Jones and JJ Dillon and all those guys wrestle. Mm. So for me, all this current crop of like, you know, I used to spend a gazillion dollars over the course of a year, like following ECW to watch Taz drop dudes on their head, uh, you know, and Tully Blanchard and all these I quit matches and iron is one of my favorite of all time and shake the snake. Like, I feel like, like all these managers, like, uh, like I just am waiting for them to kick somebody's ass. Cause that's, <laughs> cause yeah. that's where that, you know, like I grew up watching, like them kick somebody's ass but man it's it's definitely affecting the i've said it for years and a lot of people have that the worst thing that the wwe did when they got this new crop of indie darlings that i love uh or new crop 10 years ago is that they got rid of the manager thing because like yeah if aj doesn't have to talk aj i think is an even bigger star or if he only has to talk sometime you know like, yeah it's, it's weird that they have like one manager at a time most of the time uh-huh. and it's usually yeah. paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, if you're gonna like, yeah, if you're gonna uh, pick one, <laughs> he's the guy. Now that title match seems like, uh, I don't know. For me, there's bigger news than Sting potentially happening there, even more than the title yeah. win, because I, I feel like we might be getting that thing that I talk to your ear off about all the time, where we yeah. might end up be heading towards a champion. Like that's mm-hmm. two federations, and if you count Moxley as the uh, which in, in other realms wouldn't be a tangential relationship. But if you count Moxley as the United States uh, champion as a tangential relationship, that's three yeah. federations that they are uh, yeah. in bed with. Like, yeah. And every now and then you get like an AEW, like say women's champion, like Thunder Rosa coming over yeah. and facing Hikaru Shida or something like that. It's, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and, and uh, there's another NWA guy on, uh, Depending. That I had heard. Uh, Ricky Starks, like, I think, right. quit NWA before he came to AEW. But, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's definitely some vague relationship there. You know? Sure. It's, you know, it's crazy. And, and you know, like, you know, again, being speculative, like, Kenny still has a relationship with DDT, mm-hmm. you know, so that's a relationship with Noah now. Like, it just feels like the ground – there's never been the groundwork – like even more than when there was an NWA champion, because that, those were all a bunch of fucking mobsters. And like, <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't be as worried now of like uh, Sasuke. Sorry, of Sasuke like hooking Kenny Omega and really beating him <laughs> for right. real, as as was a problem in 1980. But totally. yeah, I'm so excited about that. Yeah, and did you enjoy that match? I enjoyed it. I think like the first part of it did feel like they were kind of just stretching to you know get through the commercial breaks and then the last like yeah, yeah. I don't know what 10 12 15 minutes of it whatever was like fantastic like the yeah. early parts I was like all right they're you know they're aware that we're going into picture in picture a couple times here mm-hmm. and then it eventually became an excellent match and then the ending of course you know Kenny running out and Don Callis saying the tune in the impact see what happens next is like right. so the rumor is that there's not much that's going to happen there uh, like somewhat like the good brothers might come over from impact to face the young bucks or something like that was what some people have been saying. And that might be the extent of it. Um, I mean, but, the, the young bucks don't have there. There's a spoil of riches of teams to fight, Yeah, but they just beat the only one that 
like probably should beat the young bucks. You know what I mean? So they, they, and if they want to cool that off for a while, they could use that, you know? Totally. Yeah. I just think like the rumors that they're not like, it's not going to be an extensive partnership, but you know, I'm fine with like just importing a little bit here and there. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, that doesn't have to be like, uh, I grew up in a good time where I understood the world champion only because I had, uh, you know, I had, TBS and I had the syndication that had world class on it. So I'd see Ric Flair and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but I also knew that Ric Flair was, you know, on that TBS, that was his show that he was there all the time. You know what I mean? So like, right. it was exciting. Like when they'd say next week, Ric Flair is going to fight Terry Gordy or, or somebody or, you know, because all you'd hear about him in Japan, because it, it just meant, it meant something and it. And it didn't even be like, if they take the thing of the fact that, people into territories didn't know what was going on in other territories all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to do it that much. Like he doesn't have to go somewhere all the time or, but I would still love it if there was a world champion and there are so many good candidates right now. Even Mox, I think like yeah. who is uh, not my fave. He's, I love it, but he's not like, he's just like, he's somebody I like in the way that I like when I find like, um, like I like the Muse originally because they sounded like the the Radiohead that I I, I liked. Right. You know what yes, I mean? So yeah. like, you know, he's got that Terry Funk thing, and you know that he's big at when he's in Japan. It's very like Brody-ish and like whatever else. So, you know, I I do enjoy him, and and I like his personality. He seems like a cool dude, but like, you know, for me, this was another instance of this was Kenny Omega versus Mox is as close as you get to like a WWE style guy versus mm-hmm. like the wrestling I like. So I, I thought that that was cool. And I, I never thought, I thought that chemistry was way better than their first time around. But, Definitely. Yeah. Um, but I still, I don't know. I, I'm just excited. I would, I'll tell you with anything in this whole thing, I would just like to see Don Callis and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Like, uh, like, you know, as a package entity somehow, you know, yeah. like yeah, Don's Callis. Fun, man. Yeah. And I feel like he could give, Heyman a run for his money in the sense of being like a good representative and stuff like that you know yeah I've always liked like him being uh when he was on commentary from New Japan I always liked that he was like a cheerleader for the Bullet Club and I could see him being that kind of role like just being even if he wasn't like uh, a manager or something even he was just like a special announcer who comes and does commentary during just Kenny Omega matches yeah that would be very fun Uh, yeah I I really love the touch of uh when he took up Pancho Moxley like just for whatever reason, roses flying out of his right. pocket. It's just a weird touch that I don't think anyone else would have thought of, but was yeah. delightful. Yeah, it, it reminded me of like a like a, a an old fighting game where mm-hmm. like you'd see people's like uh, you know whatever the representation of their energy, like coins or something, like flying <laughs> up in the air. Right, uh, uh, and uh, it reminded me of. Um, Scott Pilgrim when they did the live action version of that. Speaking yeah. of Callus and all those guys, like Jim Dandy, like they did a really good job with a four person team. Like I like I don't know yeah. how like if people are like uh, like grabbing arms and stuff like that so that nobody is talking over anybody or whatever. But right, they did yeah. a really, really good job. And I as much as I love Excalibur, I'm starting to enjoy Jim Ross. Uh, yelling at him for yeah. trying to justify lack of logic. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm hot and cold on Jim Ross uh, currently. Uh, obviously, yeah. Classic Jim is like the voice of wrestling, sure. but like, um, yeah, I think like they do a good job da- balancing that kind of thing. Whereas, yeah, like given like 
the most three-person booth like exposure we get usually is WWE. It's like you're like that a three-person booth can never work because of how they do it. But then like you see it in AW, you're like, oh, it's actually not that bad. You get like right. two guys kind of doing commentary, color, you know, or play by play, one person in color, whatever. Yeah. When when I grew up watching, uh, I mentioned earlier that I watched a lot of boxing. Yeah. Like I used to long for like a three-person wrestling booth because you get the the play by play, the color guy who was usually you know later on it uh, it would be George Foreman before he unretired, right. and then you'd get um, or sometimes Ray Leonard, which was super cool, and then you'd get um, an analyst. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like who would just be given, you know, like, uh, like Kevin Kelly is all of those things put into one, which is amazing. But like, you know, if you just put J.I. in charge of like telling the story and, you know, yeah, whatever else, like, or, or being the, more of a color guy or whatever. And, and you know, Shivani um, being that, like I, um, you know, I'm excited. I'd be excited about that. It's funny. Uh, uh, we'll talk about it in a second because it's the next little thing I watch, but, uh, and I almost forgot about it. Um, that, the match in itself, I agree with you that it felt stretched out, but I'll tell you uh, in the way, same way that that um, um, Survivor Series main event was, yeah. when it when they hit that button, like, it was really, really good. You yeah. know, like, um, the one contrivance I didn't like more than that is when Moxley didn't pin him, and the commentators were, like, kind of exp- like explaining it but not like you know what i mean yeah. they weren't like being very convincing or whatever else yeah like, when he hit his finisher and then didn't yeah. him and everyone was like oh he wants to hurt kenny more or whatever yeah you know yeah, yeah i think that's one thing that yeah yeah i mean it's it's a balancing act because you don't want to like uh, i do feel as much as i love new japan like there are a lot of finishers getting like kicked out and stuff like that you know like so at what point does you know, Mox is, you know, then you end up, that's when you end up coming with dumb, dangerous stuff that you're getting a paradigm shift, like to the floor or, you know, right. off the top rope or something like to make it matter again. Yeah. I think like, I am a fan of the like face guy not pinning and then, you know, it costing him in the end, hmm. that kind of trope. Uh, but in this context it didn't feel particularly earned because like, it wasn't like a personal feud, uh, and they, he's already beaten Kenny Omega shitless, uh, right. like, you know, a year ago or whatever. So it just felt, oh, that was a little bit off, but it's not completely off out of the blue for Moxley's character either. So, right. I, yeah. I agree. I think yeah. that, um, I wonder what the end game uh, of, like, because obviously now they're going to go to another uh, thing in Callus interfered. But I feel like that's two stories. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, if, not that I want it to end this way, but if Kenny catches a cradle after he doesn't, after he gets pulled up, yeah. then Moxley fucked up. And the fact that Moxley fucked up and <laughs> there was weird outside interference, yeah. um, like, just kind of, like, puts Moxley over in a weird way and puts, mm-hmm. you know, makes Omega look like, like not only did he get a freebie, he couldn't take advantage of it, you know. So yeah, you know, yeah, like, it's but, interesting. Yeah, but it's a, but it's I don't know. Like I, that is my problem with AEW. I feel like it's overbooked in a weird way. Normally you hear overbooked, and it's like because twenty two people came in and somebody <laughs> right. flew down in a in a 
crop duster and poisoned half the half the people or whatever else like and right. like i always feel like it's very densely overbooked usually um in the end like in the last like few minutes like the jericho match jericho uh, uh match at the paper last pay-per-view right. was like that like i felt like you know they had this match and it was good and then all of a sudden like even though it was simple like like there was just a lot of moving parts like to the end of it you know yeah this is actually the the Jericho match on this episode of Dynamite. Um, you you didn't see it, right? No. It was uh, Jericho versus Frank Kazarian. It kind of also had a similar overbooked problem because uh, at one point MGF came out to like throw the towel and he like teased it, and then Sammy Guevara came out and stopped him. Uh, but none of that factored into the end of the match, which was Jericho suddenly hitting the Judas effect out, uh, elbow. And it was just, it was I get why they did it because it's like furthering the MJF inner circle storyline that sets up whatever they're doing next week. I can't remember what they set up, uh, but like it is kind of a weird, it's a weird style of writing, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I don't really, uh, it, it just seems like one of those things where while they do certain things better than the WWE, mm. I still feel like they're doing WWE sometimes you know what I mean yeah like, it is yeah like I, I I mean it's I, I mean that the wrestling is from what I do see is much better because again we talk all the time of you know the best roster right now has the worst show so like, <laughs> right yeah like you're running around with one show that has AJ Styles Kevin Steen El Generico like and and that's just people that I, I can think of. You know, there's a Karatazawas and all these other like five star matchmaking machines and like Yeah, right. And they're like just they're just on Friday nights at eleven PM or whatever. Right. It's unwatchable. Yeah. So, um yeah. I don't do this all the time. I used to. I'm a fan of the Conrad Thompson shows. Okay. And I watched um this uh I, I wanted to I, I missed it at Thanksgiving. It would have been a fun thing to do. But I watched, um, it was Great American Bash, 19, no, Starcade 1987, Chi-Town mm-hmm. Heat with Jim Ross and uh, Conrad Thompson commentary. And I enjoyed, nice. enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, the team that would come become the Brain Busters and uh, they had a great match and there was a, a, you know, typical boring scaffold match. And it was just, it was very comfort food. Nice. Nobody had the best match. I think the best match of the night, as far as my liking now, was only three minutes of the best match and then a whole bunch of, like, stalling because uh, Barry Windham fought Dr. Death Steve Williams for the UWF title. Yeah. And um, Dr. Death, is that kind of famous match where Dr. Death went for a leapfrog. Um and Barry Windham ran at head speed by accident into his groin. And uh, he never, he never like, you know, the match never recovered and ended with a cool, like amateur, like cradle and stuff like that. But I mean, the first few minutes of that match was exactly what I loved about like when that Japanese style would beat that Southern style. It was, mm-hmm. um, I, I think, and people think I'm crazy that it is the prototype for the Dragon Gate title matches. Like, um, like, cause they have a lot of that, like, uh, like story and a lot of that drama and a lot of, you know, that sort of stuff going on. 
Um, but like, yeah, it was, it's it like, you know, those, those, you know, Southern meets Japanese, uh, you know, snug and good wrestling and realistic stuff. Like you almost, you know, and I love Dusty with all my heart. Like I, I spent the first part of my multimedia career talking, you know, uh, like a mixture of him and, and a, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a mixture of just about every Southern eighties wrestler with a lisp, but, yeah. um, uh, you know, like it's, it, it's like, so it makes it more of a contrast that all of a sudden, you know, you have Dusty doing his stick on Lex Luger standing still taking, you know, just walking in elbows after you have like that quality of match, even though it was short. So that was, it was really fun. I, every nice. once in a while, like some, and I listen to him more often than not without watching the show because they, you know, will derail and stop talking about it and stuff. But like, I think that, um, that's a fun thing to do sometimes though. It's tough now that they have added ads in the middle of the, um, cause sometimes you have to chase the video feed, uh, oh, backwards yeah. or forwards after, but yeah, it's fun. I, I think that like, especially if you're not somebody that like me that grew up with that it is a cool context, you know, oh, what I mean? to get like, you know, and, 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 you know, whatever else going on and, and, you know, like, a. uh, especially when it's JR or Shivani because they're able to talk honestly about what the, what Crockett or whomever did worse, what they did better mm-hmm. and what they like that AEW has took from both of them now. So it's, it's really, you know, when there's a good one, it's super fascinating. And it's, you know, uh, when people got there, they were like, oh, like, are you listening to something and watching something else? Like, what's happening right now? Yeah. But, um, you know, super, super, super fun. It was nice. I, I mentioned to you that I was, like, having a stressful week because uh, we talk about it privately a lot that the world is going to fall off a cliff all of a sudden. And I, I yeah. have, like, two more setups for a music video, but they're in two different locations. Mm-hmm. And I've just been trying to, like, make that happen, like, before. And then my, my book keeps... Uh, I, I, I ha- we haven't touched the format for my book, mm. but every time we publish it, uh, Kindle tells us that there's something to matter with the formatting, but it's the same format that they approved before we changed it, literally a sentence. That's weird. So, yeah. yeah. So like, I just had like a really stressful week and, and I didn't mean to like, uh, find that escapism, but it was like, you know, it was a real weird sweet spot of something that I adored growing up and like, the nerdy business mark. So that was really fun. I recommend it to anybody who I feel like Connor, uh, Connor, I feel like Conrad for whatever reason, I don't know his politics. I don't know any other stuff is a very divisive dude, but um, I think it's because he's so closely associated with, um, well, what's his name? Uh, fucking tennis racket, but Oh, Jim Cornette. Cornette. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 he's, they're on the show together, right? Or... No, no, no. You're thinking of Brian Last. Oh, awesome. okay. Never mind. Yeah. Um, I've definitely like seen Brian... people. Yeah, definitely seen yeah. like people like get you know upset about Conrad, and I don't quite know why. I don't really listen to the show. Yeah, long. I don't know. I understand. Like the problem with Last is he agrees with Cornette enough that it makes sense to get lumped in. But like what yeah. people don't see, like I, I, uh, I, I like hearing what Cornette doesn't like about these shows because I like to hear discerning opinions. Right. You know, so, but what I enjoy is that when he says something outlandish, 
like you know last people don't want to hear it but last will always say like well i like kenny omega more than you do like i enjoy mm. it but i didn't like this you know like and, and i i appreciate him i actually like listen to his epic when i have like over the course of a week like his epic 10 hour 605 mm. supercast now more like than i listen to any of the cornet stuff like i i wow. do like him but i always wonder with conrad thompson if it's jealousy he's got a you know yeah. He looks like one of us. He's got a pretty <laughs> Ric Flair daughter, wife. He's Ric Flair's his father-in-law. He has a successful business and oh, hangs yes, out yeah. with all these wrestling guys. So I, I don't know. I, I've always been afraid. I one day Google searched and, and nothing came up, but I was always kind of afraid that he was like, um, he had given tons of money to like the Trump campaign or something like that. Right. On the side. But I, I didn't find any such thing. So. Interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of podcasts, have you ever heard of the podcast, How to Wrestling? Oh, um, so the premise of the show started as um, uh, Kevin Mann uh, of the Attitude Era podcast uh, started to like explain wrestling to his girlfriend, uh, Joe Graham. And she like at this point, they've been doing the show for like five years or something like that. So she's no longer like a novice, whatever. Mm -hmm. But every episode they take a wrestler and he explains that wrestler's like career and life to her. So it kind of winds up being like a mixed between an auto or not a biography and like mm -hmm. a reaction thing in a while in a way like they go over that's cool matches or whatever and it's a really good listen um yeah like i said they've been doing it for a while i listened to um they had episodes about colt cabana and eric bischoff uh nice. that I listened to. yeah it's been going on a while they got a lot of them that you know they have a they have a vince mcmahon episode that's like four hours long and is fucking incredible like it's just like it's horrifying but funny and also it's all the things you would expect from like a summary of vince mcmahon's life to be sure uh yeah we, uh when um my girlfriend and i were going to wrestlemania 35 we like listened to that uh we <laughs> listened to that on the road trip to new york and by like the end i was like god i don't know if i don't know if Alyssa's gonna like wrestling after this at all uh <laughs> no i had so much of the north american uh uh, influences from this guy who's right it's, a monster it, but also in some ways like you know fascinating yeah and also like at the same time like i don't like it, it's almost like mcmahon is the classic narcissist mm. so like if you are paying enough attention anything that he does good like pays for people's rehab or whatever else yeah is self-serving in a way you yeah. know what i mean but like at the same time a lot of those guys wouldn't have been able to pay for rehab. Yep. You know, exactly. at the same time, maybe if they were paid <laughs> with like something, you know, like, or if they were, you know, like, I don't know, like they, like, you know, and he's basically like, and it's going to come to haunt him before he gets out of business. But like that independent contractor thing is probably his biggest sin, you know, yeah. like he and treats. Yeah. It seems like it's going to, it may come to a head in the next like, you know, decade or so. Or if, 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 you know, it seems to be heating up now, which it, it went from like zero to 60, which, you know, from the first time I kind of heard about it, like in my teen years of, of why um, Jesse Ventura jumped shit um, to WCW, like till now, like I can't remember another time where it like all of a sudden is like a big, like a big news topic, you know, and, and right. people like um, a couple podcasts I listened to has like Screen Actors Guild 
people send like emails and stuff mm-hmm. like that to, to different wrestling podcasts and stuff. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, uh, my, you know, other than NXT pay-per-views, my modern wrestling in America is AEW and I don't watch it on week to week. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, I only hear bad stuff about WWE. <laughs> like, right. you know, you know, um, so, you know, I, I try to, to temper my opinions, but I think that the, re- the, the shitty thing is that it's one thing when somebody sucks, right? And they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like it's right. not that that's defensible, but like uh, at this point, like McMahon has got himself to the fact where like the only stuff worth talking about is shitty stuff, you know? So yeah, it definitely detracts. But yeah, uh, how to wrestling podcast? I recommend it to anybody who wants just like a uh, I, rundown of like you know they have a Ric Flair episode. I haven't listened to it, but they have an ap- episode that's four hours long about Edge uh, somehow. Uh, a, a guy who I would not expect to like uh, have that much meat in their story, but I'm I'm mm. guessing they must like must have just loved his matches and you know or, he was great yeah and just talked about them at length. Um, they had they had, it's, it's every now and then there's like a, a weird random one about like D'Lo Brown. Um, they, I, I'm I got back into it because um, they the next episode they're doing is about Minami Toyota, and I was uh-huh. like, fuck, I might as well get into like some of the backlog that I've accrued over the last year or so. Uh, That'd be awesome. I, I wonder if, um, how much of the, uh, independent American resurgence that she had through her, like Chikara appearances and, and then booking that, like yeah. that Joshi mania weekend and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, I just enjoy her in this. Like she's the one that all Japan women that I talked about and, yeah. and like all those other feds with the exception of F-E-W, FMW, like um, all Japan, I was able to go back and get more comp context and read more in new Japan. Like those are just great matches to me, the all Japan women ones. Oh, like, yeah. So I don't have a lot of like, like context for it, you know? Right. Like, uh, like I said to somebody, imagine watching um, like a Chris Jericho match the first time you saw him, you know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. or, or, or uh, uh, you know, Chrissy will not, who will not be named. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just like how great, or Brian Danielson actually is a great example. If you just stumbled upon Brian Danielson, like you could watch him every, like you could like turn off the, like not watch anything till you watch him again. And it would be great. And that's how that all Japan women stuff was. Like I loved so many of those workers, but it was just like, sometimes by the end of a five hour tape, like, uh, a tag team would be fighting each other like on the show yeah. and I wouldn't have any context, but it right, would still yeah. be, you know, awesome, you know, like, so I, I hope somebody, and if, if you know about it or if anybody does let us know, I would love if somebody wrote a book about that nineties women's Japanese wrestling explosion. Yeah. That seems like so ripe for like a book. I bet yeah. there's one that at least one in Japanese that, Right. Do for a translation of some kind, but hopefully somebody wrote one. I'll have to yeah. look that up later. Ask yeah, because I mean, I've read multiple times about you know the top of that all Japan '90s card and and why you know like yeah again it was the same thing like where all of a sudden it was Masawa and Kawada, mm. and then it was Kobayashi and Masawa versus Kawada and Tao, and, and like now I have gone back and know about those storylines and stuff but yeah there's not that much you know stuff maybe websites but like 
I'd rather be told a story. <laughs> yeah, right, same. <laughs> I'd rather have someone just, that's the thing. Um, uh, it, have you watched anything else you wanted to cover? Uh, I'm trying to, oh, one thing. Um, yeah, just one thing, and that's uh, Slime City. Yes. Um, uh, slime season. Yeah, GCW. I also, yeah, I didn't watch all of it. I think I missed the first two matches maybe, but I watched the rest of it for sure. Yeah, it was pretty good. It wasn't, yeah. of the three GCW shows I watched in December, mm-hmm. it was probably third mm-hmm. um, yeah. because the Nick Gage Invitational first round was so good. Yeah. Um, but there was like a lot, like, I don't know. I, I, I thought, I mean, the worst Game Changer Wrestling show that I've seen so far has been fun. But, yeah. You know, like, I, I, I don't, Again, here comes the blazer and tennis racket. Like I, <laughs> I'm like not a fan of the commentary, but it does make me laugh. I mean, I I maybe watched my Stranglemania VHS till it exploded. So like yeah. I, I am susceptible to sometimes those like jokes, especially when they make themselves laugh. But like I don't know. I I do feel. Did you see the main event? Yes. Yeah. I was disappointed in that, not in spectacle, but in how good. Um, that first match was great. I, I raved mm. about it on, on this show, the first match that they had. Right. And uh, I was definitely surprised at the finish. But I felt like it was like uh, the Blackheart gimmick slowed down Leah Rush a little bit. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I actually, <laughs> I thought the show was over uh, after the Ricky Shane Page uh, Juicy match. So I <laughs> I turned it off too early. Uh, so I missed um, the, the main event. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... Uh, if you can find his... Uh, Lila Rush's Blackheart uh, yeah. intro, mm. he ha- it's very similar to the loop thing, except he has some, like, contortionist pantomiming, yeah. like, some sort of speech or something like that. And uh, uh, it was fun. I want to go back and watch it, because maybe my expectations... But there was more... I'd rather have this like crazy, flawless, reversal ridden, striking match. And there was a lot of like outside the ring and people almost getting suplexed off the bleachers and stuff. And like, I was just like, "Eh, this isn't what I, what I wanted from this. It's, it's fine. Right. Um, I mean, it's kind of felt to me that they were building towards a trilogy and they just kind of were laying all the story. Yeah. Right. Here. Um, I'm starting to like Ricky Shane Page. I know he's the most hated person in in, in independent wrestling right now, but yeah. like, um, I enjoy why he's hated. Uh, mm. In the same way that I'm not understanding the, the Juicy Fale, uh love as much. I thought that match was solid. It wasn't like... I did too. I think the show was solid overall. I, nothing like yeah. blew me away, really, but nothing also like offended by... like you know, if nothing was like, oh, this sucks, I'm, I'm bored. Other than the commentary, yeah. which I actually turned down and put on some music while I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I wish I, I wish I had. Um, my only other takeaway is that uh, the uh, the 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 middle Samoan kid in the family uh, yeah. is more talented than the Usos or the Samoans that are on TV like every week now. You mean uh, um, Jacob Fatu? Jacob Fatu. Yeah. And the young Fatu needs to go back in the oven a little <laughs> bit. Like I don't I don't think he's quite I don't think he's quite done yet. No. Yeah. Um 
but like I, it was cool to see both them. And I, I don't watch a lot of MLW. Um, I keep meaning to watch their big shows cause they make them readily available, but I, I still haven't yeah. yet. But like, I, I really have been, I first saw Jacob Fatu in a Los Angeles indie promotion that was pretty big. It had a lot of like blew my mind because they had a lot of same people that work for PWG, mm-hmm. but they were wrestling in front of like fifteen hundred people or, or something like in these bigger gyms. Yeah, and they put all their shows on Amazon. I'll, I'll have to remember what they are, but the same faction he's in an MLW with like uh, with all those dudes. It's the same faction he was in in that fed. Okay. So, um, and like Rob Van Dam was the champion and it was just like a lot of wacky stuff going on. And, uh, Willie Mack was there and, and all, and all it was, it was fun. It was, well, again, same like this, but, um, uh, I, I'm very intrigued by the tag team that was in the, um, in that scramble match. I thought that they were. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had my issues with that scramble match, but it was interesting. Cause like, I, I did feel some of the high flying was, I mean, one of my issues, like, not to get, I, not to be an old about this, but, like, yeah. sometimes you watch one of these, uh, some of these American indies, and it's like, oh, they're just, you know, doing moves for the sake of doing moves. Like, there was a lot of, you know, someone doing a backhand spring off of the ropes into a, a neck breaker on two guys, and it's like, yeah. there's no reason for you to be running into the ropes in the first place, except for, right. you know, to wait for the guys to get into the right place for you, but, you know. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, and, and, and fundamentally, I agree 100%. I think when I'm watching it, again, yeah. to like, uh, I had stopped watching wrestling and I was just getting tapes of like big New Japan shows until I found out about Ring of Honor. Yeah. And if you go back and watch the early Ring of Honor scramble matches, right. it, it's almost like they're not even trying. Like, at least now, I feel like they're trying, even though yeah. it doesn't work. Like, at that time, they're just like, somebody stays, like 10 people stand. Everything that Jim Cornette says about it now yeah. is like literally what it was then. Like ten people on the <laughs> yeah. floor while somebody slowly climbs up to the ropes. They're like, so I think that it's it's while I don't like it, it's better. Um, yeah. I mean, there were guys that I really like Eli Everfly. He's been mm-hmm. on. He was on a lot of the uh, early GCW shows I saw and the live one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Kyle the Beast a lot. Um, I don't understand Jimmy Lloyd, but they they like him. So right good on them but like I, I was interested i wondered <laughs> i do think it's interesting now and you couldn't hear it on commentary but like they uh the, that tag team struck a young bucks pose yeah and I saw that part. you know they were like joey some uh kevin gill was like come on like you know you look like you look like mox but joey janelle was like yeah until like the young bucks see that and pissed off and they're on next wednesday night <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's that's the way things work now yeah um you know so like you know i thought that was cool. It was a good show. Um, the main event was disappointing. Uh, the opening match was, I felt like I was watching a different match because it was a guy that I've seen a couple times on dark mm. and they were putting him over. Like he's been fighting mocks every single week and he was <laughs> fighting, uh, can't remember his name, but he's been on every show. Um, he reminds me of Jimmy Rave. Chris Bay and Jordan Oliver. Yeah. 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 And Jordan Oliver. Um, uh, you know, other than having ludicrous ring names, uh, yeah, uh, he, he, um, you know, he, I, I, it was a weird, it was like, it felt to me like they were putting over the MLW people and other, and like, like people that are on like lower tier AEW, like they were feeding their main, yeah, yeah, guys to them a little bit. But, uh, I gave that Jackson versus, uh, Fatu match four stars. I really like that. That was my favorite match of the night. Yeah, uh, that was. I think that's when I tuned in, and that was like the height of the, the show for me. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, 
I might have enjoyed the Alley Cat Kitaro um, match a little bit better if I had had the commentary on. Because nope. I, nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was a. Uh, um, I popped into the Hossman chat and. That is the worst professional wrestling match I've ever seen on every level. <laughs> yeah. Like, like every level, I broke, I broke the Meltzer scale by yeah. giving it negative six stars. Wow! Like, <laughs> it was, um, it was twenty minutes almost of simulated sexual harassment. Yes, that's true. Like, like you know, the first time Kikataro was trying, like, saying, like, uh, like if I beat you, we get married, and I have a green card, like. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just never um, uh, liked uh, uh, Kikataro very much, even back when he was Ebison. I think uh, right. Ebison 2 is actually way better, but I was literally like, Ali, it was a bad convoluence because dirty old man Kikataro, and, and it's my impression that Alley Cat, like, and Alley Cat was afraid of climbing the ropes. All this dumb shit, repressive yeah. shit that she does, like getting her belly scratched and whatever else, like it's just like not, you know, I don't know. It was 15, 20 minutes of simulated sexual harassment. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was like, I like Alley Cat in general. Uh, I think like, and I like a silly match, but I was like, yeah. I don't know if I'm missing some context from the commentary, but I'm not, I like, I dislike the commentary so much that I'm not going to turn it up. Uh, right. Well, I have Elvis Costello in my ears right now, uh, so <laughs> I, I was like, "All right, I'll just sit through this one until you know the next couple matches." Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing that I just wanted that I watched this week that I did want to highlight, uh, I watched the 20th anniversary show for Noah. Um, oh, yeah, it's worth it. I basically I went there because um, it's the main event for that match. Uh, go. Shiozaki versus Katsuhiko Nakajima. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was the highest rated match on cagematch.net for the month of uh, November. And uh, it got like four and three quarter stars from uh, the Dave, the wrestling server. So I was like, well, I got to watch this. And I figured while I'm watching that, I'll watch the whole show. Um, definitely recommend that main event. It definitely lives up to the hype as like just this like 40 almost 45 minute epic uh, for their top title. There's some other good matches on the card, but like that one for sure is worth going out of your way for. Uh, I still don't know what's really going on in Noah uh, because there's no English support there, but it's a very dramatic, very hard hitting match. I'm drawing a blank on Nakajima. Like, I feel like I know who he is, but I can't remember. Yeah. He's always... Relatively young, but um, and he looks a bit like he looks. Is it a, Shohei Nakajima? Show uh, Katsuhiko. Nope, that's Nakajima. a soccer player. No, yeah, it, he looks a bit like a, um, I don't know if if uh, Naito had a perm that went poorly. That's uh, <laughs> his hair's a bit frazzled, but like, yeah, the great work by both of them. Uh, a lot of arm. Oh. He's um part of a was when I was watching. So this guy was a junior when okay. I was watching uh, wrestling a lot. I believe. Um, I wonder if this is. Uh, you know what's funny? When I saw him recently in a tag team, I didn't put two and two together. I think I have to go back and watch. But I th- yeah, this is Kansuki Kasaki's adopted kid oh. and 
and seventeen-year-old him was like on like Ring of Honor shows, and like the, when Ring of Honor went to Japan, there was a great match where it was a uh, uh, Kusaki and Kenta yeah. versus Kota Ibushi and um, uh, no one can see that I'm pointing at him, uh, Marafuji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, he's he's really good. He's a uh, it's funny. I didn't know. I saw him as part of a tag team, and I didn't even recognize him when I saw him last. But uh, that's a good match, right there. Go Shizaki. They're funny. They were, they were both on that Ring of Honor show in question, mm-hmm. actually. Um, following him, I really liked him from when he was still black boots, black tights. But it seemed like when the expectation to him to rise up was supposed to be there, he jumped every time. So he ended up on the Indies for a long time. He's been had two stints in all Japan. And I was excited for him to be back home in Noah, but like at the same time, like I'm excited that he, you know, when I heard he got the strap and that the, you know he's having good matches because yeah, he's great. Yeah, tremendous. Um, yeah, my my feeling on Noah, I may have said this before, but like I feel like I could replace New Japan with it, uh, except mm-hmm. I don't understand what's going on, and there isn't that like right. fan community to keep me engaged and explain things to me. Right. But the wrestling song, There's, and I do recommend every show that I like ever see. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I loved uh, when I first got, I actually like, so when I got back into wrestling, All Japan was not very good. Yeah. So, it, and it's, I mean, New Japan rather was, All Japan was really bad, but New Japan was not very good at all. Like, you know, you having China and Bob Sapp and all these mm. other people, like, you know, uh, in the next Three Musketeers were just coming in at that time. Um, I definitely gravitated to Noah because I knew all the people from all Japan, but then you got Kenta and Marafuji and uh, Morishima and Go Shizaki and all these awesome people who were also, yeah. um, you had the fan community at the time because they were making a lot of American runs. Uh, if, if I'm not uh, exposing exposing our business, uh, yeah. where did you end up? Where can you watch Noah now? Is it just uh, it's on DDT? Yeah, it's on DDT. It's on DDT now. Yeah. They uh, okay, yeah, they're owned by the same company. It's it, it's weird. right. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's well, right there on their website. Their, I think they put all their eggs in trips, coming yeah. in and writing a check, and then he couldn't. So yep, yeah. I think that that's what happened. They tried to buy Stardom and Noah, and uh, Stardom fell through, and Noah maybe backed off or got scooped up by Cyber Asian. I don't know what happened there, yeah. really, but like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the impression I get is that Cyber Agent was able to because they had made a lot of business-wise and other things, a lot of movements to be sold to somebody. Yeah. Like, so it was already on the market. <laughs> it's right. just like, it was, you know, it's like when you go to buy, uh, you know, you, you, you put your use, you put your used car on the, in Craigslist, even though, you know, somebody's going to buy it and then they, then they, some other guy buys it instead. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's, so that's a good, I, uh, good analogy. Yeah. I think, I think that they're just, um, they're probably at this point just happy that, while it's a lesser thing, they're happy that they have an infrastructure for streaming now and, and whatever else. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, that makes that DDT more valuable to me. Not that there's not 28 other sub DDT <laughs> right. things that you can watch there, but yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm a big Goshi Azaki fan. He, uh, he reminded me a lot of uh, a young Yon Akiyama. So yeah. Yeah. Go check that uh, match out. Um, what was I thinking about Noah? Yeah, it's. I don't think their backlog is on that site, but they keep current with like their current stuff, which is you know fine yeah. by me. I wish they, 
you know, hopefully someday they can get that going, but it's good as it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my impression is that and I could be wrong about this, but I think that there was a sale shortly after Kobayashi retired and Masawa died. Yeah. So I think that in the same way that, uh, you know, we've had three different all Japans that are called all Japans that <laughs> like don't have anything to do with the name. Yeah. Um, this, uh, people who don't know any better are always saying that they wish that, uh, Akiyama Japan pro wrestling would get the backlog, but he he only like essentially bought the name in the mm. ring aprons. So yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think that there's been, I think this is the third Noah sale, but I could be wrong on that. Okay, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Um, but also, yeah. it's a lot of work to get that kind of stuff up on any kind of website. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ring of Honor has had some sort of streaming service for a few years now and none of that stuff is yeah available and uh wwe bought uh noah and progress and all those and, and uh i didn't know until i looked not too long ago but they have walters fed there too that uh, so and yeah. only a smattering of that stuff is on there so yeah and i mean that's their you know a stardom uh only has a lot of their backlog up because they stopped doing shows uh for the mm -hmm. pandemic so yeah yeah, but they, that's the first thing that confused me. I didn't know because I couldn't remember why you said that to me. I'm like, why are there so many people here, and why is no one wearing a mask? <laughs> 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 oh man, uh, do you want to get to our main segments now? Super excited, my friends! Super All right. excited. So uh, I think as I suggest that we list off our top five uh, wrestlers who never got the top title in their company um I, I took it as um the company they're best known for but I, you know i didn't give much guidance just for the sake of you know, yeah pulling up some interesting names uh i don't know how you want to do this do you want to like list off each of ours and then see if there's any common ones and then we can talk about those and then go into the why don't we why don't we go back and forth um okay. uh like for because i was really afraid that i I was going to have um, on my old podcast, Trick or Treat Radio, Monta Zero would make these like really elaborate lists. And then inevitably his number one, like he'd be like, and the number one movie that's never been remade is this. Yeah. And it's like, dude, we just covered that two weeks ago. The remake. <laughs> like that. So I'm afraid that I'm going to be like, and Kenny Omega, who's had titles everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I like, thought this yeah, was going to be a lot easier than it was. Cause I like would go into a, uh you know, uh, Wikipedia and be like, ah, oh, fuck, they won, like, you know, the title for three days in 1987 or whatever. Right, 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 right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, uh, I have, I have a, my list is, like, kind of broken in the sense where I guess you could make an argument that some of these guys are better known somewhere, like, you yeah. know, like, a couple of them, like, my number two, for instance, is a toss-up. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. like he, like he, you know, I, I uh, my best friend who I mentioned knows him entirely from another federation from right. 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so yeah, it's, this, this will be fun. You want to go first? Okay. Yeah. Um, number one, Ted DiBiase for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I know he's known for like, he's got, he, he was kind of at the tail end of his career in WWF, but like he was like the top heel 
uh, when I was growing up in there mm-hmm. and like never really held the world title except for like Andre the Giant giving it to him one time that they mm-hmm. you know, considered a vacancy uh, right. initially. So it's just surprising to go back and realize that he, you know, he, he would feud with Hulk Hogan and not really for the title. Uh, and mm-hmm. he'd you know, manage say, a guy like Andre the Giant or be a wrestler or main event WrestleMania 4 whatever, never really, you know, made it that far. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny is that he was going to be on my list, but um, I wasn't sure if they counted that, Andre, yeah. handing yeah. it over. Um, my, so that's what you, you mentioned, that it was harder. Like, Ted DiBiase was going to be on my list. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, and I hope I'm not ruining your list, but so was uh, Rick Rude. And then I was like, well, it was a good one that I that, didn't think of. Does that weird belt even count? Like, cause he had like this new Japan international belt yeah. for a while <laughs> and like had all bad matches with Japanese wrestlers that, that <laughs> yeah. didn't, didn't know, didn't know, you know, wasn't working Memphis style. But um, my number one um, is uh, also would have been on my number one in two are going to be on a lot of lists that we make. And my number one is, uh, and um, I'm mincing words here now because it's my perspective. Um, If I lived in London uh, or even watching the show he's on all the time, I may have a different perspective. But Mm. um, my number one is Will Ospreay, who holds the the title... um, in uh, the uh, I always forget what the the awesome uh, in Rev Pro English Rev Pro he's yeah. a Rev Pro champion which he's very might be argued that his home promotion yeah but I think that his notoriety comes from New Japan I where, would agree with you yeah um, where you know maybe he just moved up to the that division and there's not a lot but again my his other realm of notoriety I believe comes from PWG uh, and Evolve. Mm. Um, and, the, like, you know, he was always high on the card, but never, you know, never even had a title match in, in some of those places. So I think he is even being used now. Yeah. Uh, Will Ospreay is the most... Uh, he still manages to be hyper underutilized, in my opinion. And that's why he's uh, number one on my list. Yeah, I wonder if it's because he was such a traveler for a while and then only recently like signed with New Japan full-time, which is definitely yeah. the biggest stage he's had. And then, sure. you know, they're, def- I mean, they're absolutely pushing him. So I think it's inevitable, right. but I don't think... Uh, you're right, it hasn't really happened yet unless you count RevPro, which is out of right. the place he's known for, definitely the smallest. And also, he got it right before the pandemic, too. So... Um, and he won it under the context of, uh, that was a great match last year, actually, but he won it under the context of, even though it was on a Rev Pro show, um, as almost like with that belt as a new Japan secondary title. Yeah. Um, because Zach is, who is one of my favorites. Um, and I sort of hemmed and hawed about putting him on this list. I don't think that he, he's ever going to be that guy. I don't, I don't know that he's a, like a. Tokyo Dome main event. Oh no, I don't think guy. he's. Yeah, yeah. So um, I love him, and I'm a mark for that style. But uh, you know, like Will Osprey, I think 
had that match with him, hung with him, mm-hmm. had matches with, uh, you know, my, my number, th- my number three on my list and had, you know, Shingo and that, those, uh, uh, I, I don't know why, like something about your hypno glasses makes me forget <laughs> everybody's name, but uh, Hiromo, like, oh, yeah. um, you know, who, by the way, uh, I almost just to be controversial, put him on the list because I feel like I became a hundred percent more invested in him back to the juniors with, with no juniors. Yeah. I mean, he's too, I mean, he's small, would be smaller than any heavyweight, but like, I mean, maybe this doesn't didn't translate to TV, but I thought he died right in front of me. Uh, in, in, so, uh, it translated. So, <laughs> Very <yeah>. much translated. <laughs> so I almost, I'll be honest, uh, yeah, I almost cried. Like yeah. when, when he, when it happened and it was happening, like I was like really like me and my buddy Jakey were like, you know, like, like acting like, you know, it was the Kennedy tape. We were like yeah. really nervous for a few minutes. It like took the air out of the, uh, I don't, um, I don't blame you. Yeah. And then they rolled out fucking, uh, Cobb and Goto, which didn't do them. <laughs> but, um, like, yeah, like, yeah, like I, I almost put him on because I don't think that they like, uh, and I felt the same thing about, you know, Ligar in, in 1997. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't think that they have anybody as marketable as him on their whole entire roster that is as good as him. I, yeah. I love Okada, but, um, you know, he's, everything that Kenny and Osprey is, but he's a native. So yeah. uh, that's, that's a lot for somebody who's not on my list, but he was almost there. Yeah. I, I would have also put him on my list. If like, if he competed at a, even, even never weight like level, it just like, even just putting a toe into the, the heavyweight division, yep. I would have put him on the list for sure. Yeah. Like, because like, have, as it is, he is at the top of the ceiling that they have set for him. And for sure. you know, it's unfortunate Twice because I think now. he deserves more. Yeah, like I feel like he was there before he got hurt, and now he's double there, and, and he has sympathy and fandom, and probably his merch is as big as as any anyone's. Uh, yeah. I mean, how many fucking stuffed cats did they sell? But <laughs> I got one in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah. But the um, but like yeah, like I just think he's great, and I think he has uh, where Masao's Ric Flair meets like 1997, like Jay Z gimmick. Yeah, may not work as well in the United States. I think that guy rolling out with misfits patches and stuff like that is like universal. So yeah, like I, I I'm glad that he uh, that that you thought the same thing I did. But who is your number dose? Uh, my number dose, Owen Hart, who I think fantastic wrestler, and maybe he would have if he'd get you know, lived. But like, also maybe not. Who knows? He was kind of trapped in the mid card for all of the '90s, essentially. Yeah, um, he might know. he might have been, you know. It's easy to say, but he was always kind of looking for an exit strategy. Yeah, I know. But, he, um, I, I, special praise in my heart because I, I missed most of the Attitude Era by like watching it live, and I tuned back in because of the um, memorial show they did for him, and then that got me on wrestling from then till now. Um, yeah, but yeah, he was tremendous, and I mean, he had a built-in feud with the guy who was their top guy for the middle right. of the '90s. Like you would, mm. it, it's like just, it, it's like so close, you know, right? Him, you know, getting there even just as like a transitional thing. Yeah, I um, I think that both maybe being alive, if he had jumped when everybody else did, yeah, um, 
I think we would have had a different story there because imagine it, it would have elevated a lot of people because imagine the matches he could have had with uh, it, both if he stayed alive and in the Fed but in WCW, you know, like Benoit Owen, Guerrero Owen, yeah, Lincoln Owen, Saturn Owen, uh, Ric Flair Owen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you could yeah. have just had great matches all day long, more matches with his brother. Uh, you know, those two with a tag team, WCW tag team title run. One of my favorite hidden gems ever, um, and it's even tough to find it online sometimes, uh, is Brett and Owen Hart versus the Steiners right before uh, the Steiners left and Brett and Owen split. Oh, um, yeah. Sometime right before or right after that Survivor Series. And, and uh, I don't mind telling you that that's my number two as well. So Awesome, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's he's it's well deserved. He was ahead of his time in the ring, and you know had all the character, uh, you know all the good character ideas that you would think would get him farther. Uh, yep. Yeah, who knows what could have been. Yeah, uh, who's your? I don't know if you want to do another one. Which is, yeah, will be your number three. Let's do number three. Okay. I have the feeling that uh, right. there's an error of guys that we're both uh, circling. Yeah, I think I'm gonna throw. I'm, I'm gonna throw one in here that you might have on your list uh, also just so we can uh, talk about it. Kota Ibushi. That's my number three. There we go. (laughs) I think you alluded to somebody in New Japan. I was like, yeah, he's a guy who I think like uh, Goshi Izaki, like he kind of, and Will Ospreay a little bit, he was hopping from from company to company too much to like get to the top of any of them because you don't know if he's going to stick around next month. Um, and now he's in New Japan full time, but he's just right. they just haven't given him that thing yet. Maybe maybe January fourth or fifth, it'll be his time. I hope so. Uh, I mean, like I was I was alluding to to my bandmates, uh, Johnny Wolfenstein and Tiny White. Um, he's a DDT guy. Yeah, you know he's riding bikes downstairs and, and wrestling blow up dolls and stuff like that. So the idea, even uh, with the Omega matches and, and tag team matches, of him being um, I mean, I guess Wolfie actually. That's not true. Wolfie is is up on his card. New Japan. We used to do a show about it, but um, you know, still that's where he came from for us. So right, uh, you know, it would be as big of a jump for some of my other bandmates as knowing that Shingo is in the mix now. You know, <laughs> right. because uh, I was still watching Dragon Gate where Shingo was their champion, but um. You know, he was like a mid-card Ring of Honor guy in an opening match Dragon Gate guy. <laughs> like yeah, when we right. were all watching it, you know, in 2007 a lot. So, yeah, I, my thing with Kota Ibushi is, man, I don't understand, especially now that he's there, how many times has Kota Ibushi been the biggest thing in wrestling and then they kick the legs out from under him somehow. Yeah. Like, look at that. DDT, there was like a month where it was like some, a big DDT match with Kenny, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a, like a reunion match. He was in that WWF Juniors tournament. Yeah. And then he showed up and uh, then he had like a, was that the AJ Styles match or Nakamura match in January? But like he, he was, I think it was the style he was on, yeah. yeah, he was on three big shows, three huge shows. And um, like uh, it, it just never like, and then they kicked the thing and then he won. He's one of the first people in a long time to win back to back G ones. Mm-hmm. And then he's the first person ever to lose <laughs> that title. Right. Like, yeah. like, so granted and like, 
I don't know what it does for his credibility or if anybody cares uh, but me, you know, me, Jim Cornette, and, and other old-timers. But, like, you like you lost your spot, and you're only getting it because Nakamura's like, come on, we'll do a wrestling match. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, Nakamura, um, Naito. Naito. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, uh, it's just, you know, it's just I'm, I'm excited, and those matches are always yeah. great. Right. Um, and, uh, I, I'd, like, I would be concerned if I was New Japan that uh, they – may not get their second night right. <laughs> match no matter who wins or loses because yeah um, <laughs> right yeah but so and it's weird too because naito has had the belt for a long time but like i don't know that like look at the difference of like i i have this comparison and it's uh because i'm a big ring Wander fan if you look at samoa joe's 2000 run which mm. was like a year and a half and then you look at Austin Idol's run right after Austin Aries. That was right after. Yeah. Um, Austin Aries' run is more memorable because he took it all over the world. He fought a very high, you know, like half of that Samoa Joe run was him fighting the Briscoes who weren't the Briscoes that we love yet. You know, yeah. like, uh, so when you take Naido now and look at this run that he's had, he's had three or four matches with the Eagle. He lost once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, so. Match with so Kenta, I don't know, you know. Yeah, right. So I don't know if it's time. Uh, he was in the, you know, the champions block was seemingly the B block this year in, in mm -hmm. the G1. So, um, you know, like he had, uh, I, I mean, he had great matches with, a, none of his matches were bad. They were all a little long, but like, there's no, like, even in non-title matches, I don't know what the benefit of beating Goto is, or, you know, like yeah. beating Zack Sabre again, even though that match, I, I, there are another two I can watch all the time. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, either one of those guys he's fighting at Wrestle Kingdom could win, mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's time yet. Like, I yeah. chronologically maybe, but, like, that's a bullshit run. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, Ibushi, weird... Um... And I, all the examples you listed, and also uh, he was Kenny Omega's tag partner with like a wedge driving between them as Kenny was champion, and then right. Kenny just left the country and never came back. Right. <laughs> like just like yeah. random things that like you know it's like you know he's just this close to like touching the title and he right. snatched out from under him. Well, and this is twice that he had weird tag team runs too because him and kenny had a great match with um the young bucks mm -hmm. in america and then their only other match that i remember was i don't even remember who the tag team champs were at the time but it was weird and didn't yeah. work like right it wasn't the i don't think it was the gorilla's destiny but i would be surprised if it wasn't or was it the one with cody um i think it was like cody and squirrel or something like that that they had a match with yeah they did have that match too yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. It's just, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that should have worked that didn't. And then, like, you could have rode this Tana, Tanahashi Kodobushi train for a little while if you didn't have anything to do with. And that team didn't need to exist. Yeah. Like, it was definitely you know, a filler like, arc for their overall yeah, careers. Like, what are you going to, like, not that I wanted a typical heel turn or whatever, but, like, you know, there's a story to be made that Kota Bushi is trying to bring back Tanahashi's fire or something. Mm -hmm. And now it's just going to be like, I don't even know what time. I, 
I feel like maybe I'm supposed to know what Tanahashi's doing at Wrestle Kingdom, but I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know either. Yeah. They're not winning the... Unless he's fucking... <laughs> they're not in the finals yeah, of the he's... Tag League, so uh, Tanahashi Hanari is probably not going to do much together. Mm-mm. No. Unless, like, I don't unless Chris Jericho comes back just randomly. <laughs> it's not impossible. And we also no. don't have... I feel like he's on a holding pattern while they're figuring out Moxley, because even though... Um, uh, what's his name? Is said Moxley is not going to be on Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's a bit of a worker, so you never, Sometimes. you never know. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, um, you know, Moxley could show up, but otherwise, I think I'm pretty sure that we'll just get another Tanahashi, um, Kenta match, and I feel like they're kind of throwing this Wrestle Kingdom to the dogs. Yeah, I think like I on. On some level, I don't blame them because I feel like they're not going to be building yeah. up the Tokyo Dome, so it's like just sell it based on the you know the name value of the brand alone, and right. whatever the card is is you know people will go home happy probably. But yeah, as much as I want to see Abushi Naito again, yeah. and I don't even dislike Jay White, I am not super excited to see Abushi Jay White <laughs> or Naito Jay White. No, yeah, so, I love Jay White, but the the fact that there are only four top guys for them is kind of run his yeah. options down a lot. Right. Well, especially since uh, unless they put both evil and uh, Kenta on the same night and not the same night as Jay White, like I'm going to be like, uh, you know, I'll be fucking Memphis out by the time I get to, <laughs> to that event. <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. So. All right. Who's your next, uh, that's your number four. This will be our number four, right? Yep. Um, So my number four uh, is Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. That's a really good one, yeah. He almost yeah, made my list because the, I just forgot. <laughs> he was the AWA champ for mm-hmm. for a, a couple of like he had like three like he it was almost like proto. He had uh, like three great matches in a row with Nick Bockwinkel that I adored, and three I great love those. matches yeah. in a row. With Jerry Lawler, who I also wanted to put on my list, but I think as a wrestler, Lawler is best known for uh, C- CWA, where he was the, the perennial champion all the time. But uh, Andy was the AWA champion. But like, um, like I, I just think he's great, and uh, you understand why he was underutilized because the beginning of his, you know. But like, he is almost like Kodo Bushi of his time. He was undefeated for a year. And then they had him lose to Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. Like, I know. At WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, so he was just great. He could have a good match with, like, everybody. Uh, he was smooth. Like, yeah. like, uh, like I, I feel like there aren't as many heavyweights, you know, who are have that, like, Brad Armstrong, Jerry Lynn, smooth. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I just thought he was great. I, yeah. I, I To this day, I am shocked that he's not... Yeah, was never, you know, even, I mean, if you look at promos and personalities, the mm. fact that I, maybe he was hurt when Hart finally got the world title, but like, you know, I don't know, like he's a much better fit than, um, yeah, he had to be because he was finished second. Yeah. Um, so that's the that, but there's a bunch, I mean, I don't know, like him versus Hogan, like yep. it was you know, just to drop in the bucket and they could have done so much more with him even without giving the belt, but he was just like stuck in that 
weird intercontinental yeah. purgatory. Yeah, he um, and he was so good for so long. Like even if you look at right. his like later, his like last run in WWE when he was just kind of you know an old guy jobbing to younger guys, he was still super good. Right. Like it would right. not have taken that much to just push him up there. You know, get just out of you know his his reputation. He was great yeah. as a, a character, a very memorable mm-hmm. character, and like a great wrestler. He couldn't have done all of it very easily. You no, know, and he had a couple of notable stuff in WCW, including the um, uh, something involving my number five wrestler. But um, he uh, uh, he uh, he had that thing where he betrayed the the the, the horseman, um, yep. and then he did a comedy. West cowboy Western gimmick for a while, like so. I feel like you know he, you know, when he was having matches with Flair and he was having matches with, uh, with like Benoit and like uh, you know just a lot of people to work with and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I think he was good in, un, until the end. I, I was, yeah, uh, unfortunate that he got. If you read um, uh, Bill Atner's book. Um, there's a great story that Bill Apner, um, and him would go see this one particular country artist all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, he was, he was just a, like, just fucking great. And I remember growing up, they fed him to so many monster heels. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like they fed him, they fed him to the world warriors as a baby face. Mm -hmm. They fed him to like, he was like him getting destroyed was whoever whoever Sajid Slaughter was going to be feuding with like by the end of the year in AWA. So, Oh yeah. Was, I mean, uh, he was a guy who like could, could make anybody look good. So you would right. throw a guy who doesn't generally look great, you know, right. In direction. Yeah. No. So, so good. So good. And this would bring us to your number four, if I'm not mistaken, right? Okay. I will put uh, my number four. I'm going to put um, Jake Roberts. There's a dude. Good one. Yeah. There's a dude who never made it. I think like, let me, double check this but i think his uh his only wwe thing is a fucking hall of fame uh i'll double check that but yeah he was just in the hall of fame no titles otherwise which is insane for a guy titles the only title i could think of him having is the world-class six-man title with the uh chris adams and gino yeah like Like, i mean he's got like some from smaller promotions but uh, for just wwf or He's got a couple for WCW, but just a television championship and the six men. So it's like, it's crazy. A guy like, you know, that legendary, despite all of his yeah. problems, you know, yeah. you think when he was younger, just as a guy who could cut a promo and make you like want to pay $50 to see him get his ass beat right. just off of one I promo, loved, you know? I, I had a Jake the Snake Roberts uh, poster on my wall growing <sighs> up. Nice. Uh, way, way past the point where it went from like uh, young, you know, young fan to probably marginally like homoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that thing stayed there forever. But um, it was like the WWF one where he's just holding a snake against like Classic. a white background. Yep, yeah. And uh, it was great. It's, it's crazy to me. Uh, here's what I wonder. Let me see what you think of this, okay. right? If you look at our last two picks, right? Mm-hmm and you know about their life outside of wrestling and, and, and everything else. Yeah. I wonder if that's what kept them where they were in wrestling. Yeah. You know, like 
It's wonder. Yeah, it's worth wondering. About. It's just like it's weird because you know, like everyone had the same problems, but it's right. maybe it was just more obvious with them. That's like, oh shit! Like yeah. maybe this guy's gonna OD next month. I don't want him to hold the title and have that be in the news. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, J- Jake Roberts had one of my favorite all-time matches in um uh in uh i don't know if it was it was one of so the atlanta show mm-hmm. and the show that would become the crockett curl the north carolina show yeah. had both paid gordon solely to be their commentator so like in addition to the fact that you know by the time i was really watching it north carolina had bought atlanta and it became the territory that would be known as like wcw mm-hmm. um you know it's hard but one of those promotions Piper and Jake Roberts had a TV match that was about four minutes long and consisted of them standing in the middle of the ring, throwing two of the best like punchers ever. It looked like a pit fight. Nice. Piper would throw a volley of like shots and Roberts would just one of those shots. And then like, it was, it was so good. And like, I I can't always find it, but if you look up, I'm going to say it's mid Atlantic. So if you look up, uh, uh, Piper Roberts Mid Atlantic, like it's it's only a four or five minute match, but it's a yeah, it's it's a I love it. It's one of my favorite matches ever. Nice. Who's your next one? So my number five uh, may be controversial. He is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, he had re- he had renowned in a lot of spots, but in his whole career, he only had one world title challenge. Who is it? Uh, and it was against Barry Windham in, uh, like late, like in, when Barry Windham had that same dumb recruit fake world title yeah. that was going back and forth. And that's uh, Double A Iron Anderson. Oh yeah, I, I knew you were going to pick up one of the four horsemen, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, partially known for tag teams, right? So like, yeah, sense, but, but yeah, um, he had like a few so. In between the Tully Blanchard team, he had, like, whatever, like, not the television title yet, but it was a subsidiary title of theirs. And he was having great matches with Wyndham and Brad Armstrong and stuff like that. Really uh, state-of-the-art because he was super, almost like in the same way the Midnight Express were as a team, he was super innovative in his, like, you know, finishes and high spots and stuff. But then when he got that television title, both times that he had it, uh, more notably in the 90s where – you know, he was fighting Steamboat and a young William Regal and um, all these great guys, uh, Orndorff, like just all these great, great matches that he had in the middle of times that weren't awesome. Yeah. Um, like he was just phenomenal. And I, I think that he is the best convoluence of what I love about a guy like Ric Flair, where it's just basic wrestling done good you know, knowing when to be a tough guy, knowing when to be a, a beg off, uh, which is what you need as a champion, in my opinion. Like, yeah. like the best champions are the guys who can fight everybody and, and have a have a, the right match with them. But he was also that element of, I always felt like his longer singles matches, especially with the fact that with the television title, it was the 20-minute time limit, and it always, like, was getting down to the wire, yeah. you know? Um, it was the best as, I, you know, Jerry Lawler, I always felt like had matches that were like so dramatic, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. weren't like five star matches, and, and like I, I think that 
double A was the best convoluence of that because like you have him kicking out of steamboat small packages or Pillman, you know, it looks like Pillman's going to win it at the wire and then the time mm-hmm. limit runs out and, but his promos were convincing enough and tough enough. And he didn't do that thing. A lot of heels do where he was like, uh, he'd, he'd move the goalpost, but he wouldn't lie. Yeah. Like, you know, Ric Flair would come out and say, you didn't beat me. Like nothing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Anderson would be like, you know, I remember one promo would be like, Pillman, one way to look at this is that uh, you had me pinned. Uh, and if that bell hadn't rung, maybe you, you'd be standing where I am with the title. But another way to look at it, Flying Brian, just hear me out, is that you had 20 minutes to beat me and you couldn't do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah, nice. you know, just like he would, he would like, you know, just the king of the backhanded compliments. And, like, you know, he was so good. And his opponents, you know, he never did that thing where he made his, you know, opponents. You know, I, I always remember him saying a million times, I'm not going to stand out here and try to convince you that Ricky Steamboat's not one of the best wrestlers in the world. You know, but, like, as opposed to, like, you know, running him down. But, like, he's, right. like, but he's not me. And, like, his, his most underrated promo, and this is why I think he should have been a champion, even for a short amount of time. Most underrated promo of all time in my opinion like, yeah uh he's well known for that ho- that horseman promo but yep. he was doing that every every time they put a, a you know a microphone in front of him I, I just think he's so great and if, if there's anybody listening that you know is an attitude error guy and only knows you know iron for um from like kind of the very end of his career when he was already hurt track yep. down any of his stuff i guess he had a real right before he got hurt i guess he had a really good uh they sent him rude and flair over to the G1 uh, oh. one year. And I, I guess he had like some, some great matches with some of those Mugas type guys. I feel like I saw, I don't think that whole G1 is on New Japan's site, but like, I think the, no. a couple of like, a couple of flares matches from that. And like, maybe I think that might've been the one where Rick Rude made the finals. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't know if Arn's made it, which is too bad. I would love to see that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause, uh, that was an instance where WWF said, you can't show that. Uh, even though none of these people work for us on television, uh, we don't own the rights to any of those people. And uh, there's no, like I had heard about it. Like they, I remember the news coming out that they sent that message. Yeah. And remember, I mean, like uh, the, the, the continent of Asia in copyright to the rest of the world uh, is like more of a suggestion than anything else. So I was right. waiting for them to say, go fuck themselves. Mm. And then they were like, okay. I was like, what? Interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. like, why, could, <laughs> like, why, like they have no sway and they didn't even do anything. They just said, we don't want you to do that. And you're like, all right. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't so, want like, a protracted legal battle across the ocean. You know, I can, I don't even know if you can do that. Like, I don't know. I don't, even, I don't know if yeah. I want to find out either. Yeah. I don't even think this ex, extradition law from <laughs> Japan, let alone like litigious suing. So I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our video, the flip side, our video and a lot of tape trade has made a fucking living out of just taping stuff and selling it. Yeah. You know, like those guys became famous in America and not got a dime. <laughs> right. <laughs> From, you know, Kenta Kobayashi didn't understand it. I remember hearing that he's like, all right, well, Samoa Joe, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be like a, a, like a heel. And Joe was like, these people know who you are. And they're like, how do they know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, nice. Don't go see the merch table, but 
Um, yeah. Is there anybody that was like lingering on your list that you talked yourself out of other than uh, Hiromo? Um, who else? You know, I anybody who I didn't make the list had like at least a brief run at the top of whatever division they would have uh-huh. been. Like, I think I would, I was going to say that it would be an interesting generation gap for Booker T. Because I know he had like the run in WWF and he had like one world title shot like uh run there. But like he's mm-hmm. a guy who you could argue is better known for WCW where he was a champion, but right. also more or less was a like an occasional threat in his WWF career. But he also right. had the run one thing, so I took him off the list. Uh my only one you brought one... up that I would have also like yeah. yeah. My only one is uh and I understand why he will never be. Uh, but my only one was Ishii. Oh yeah, um, and it's because it's under like I I can't remember other than uh, uh you know the fact that apparently uh, Bad Luck Fale's mighty shoulder made his heart stop and he <laughs> laid it laid in the middle of the ring for twenty <laughs> minutes last time I saw him. But uh, right. I can't remember at least singles match the the a bad Ishii yeah. match. You know, especially in the G1 or, you know. But what's funny is you'll have this stellar G1. One other than, uh, I think it was 16, where he fought Shibata. Mm. He's not even usually on, like, he's not always even on Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> the last few yeah. years. You yeah, know? No. Like, he's, he's often in, like, a multi-man or a tag thing or some kind of, yeah. you know, eight, the 16 guy get everyone on the yeah. show kind of thing. Right. Like, he does great in the G1 and then like kind of fucks off for the year other than like two right. ever like programs. Yeah. I'm not even sure if he was on either show last year. I could be just forgetting, but not in a singles thing. I don't think. Yeah. I, I can't remember at all, but like, but like again, like I don't know. He's so great. Like, yeah, like it's just befuddling to me. Yeah. Um, I, I have a feel, I have a weird theory, uh, that, he, I, I rewatched his match with Okada the other day. Yeah. At this one where uh, where they were like it was you know he's doing it in every match so I'm probably reading too much into it but where they were like you know still fighting each other on the floor like yeah. I feel like he would be a very good and it would be a career regeneration a very good member of Osprey's faction. Yeah, I know. If it wasn't like this international theme thing. Or I guess yeah. Khan is you know, yeah. Japanese. I don't know. They already have I mean, he's a heel. Yeah. Like, like, we've lost track of what chaos was supposed to be, just this amalgam of things that didn't work. But, like, yeah. anywhere else in the world, somebody who's mostly known for chopping somebody in the goddamn throat is not <laughs> a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. You're right. You are right, though. Yeah, chaos is kind of strayed. Like they got subsumed into Okada's star power in a way. Right, right. So yeah, and you know, and then you got Rapongi Vice and stuff like that. Like you know what I mean. Like so, you yeah. got a lot of like uh, fresh face, baby face. But like, yeah, he was my only one who I had on the list and took off. Yeah, off the list. You know. Yeah. All right. So my number five. Uh, we weren't going to get through a whole show without me mentioning Stardom. Uh, <laughs> Jungle Kiona from Stardom. Uh, I've heard my, of her. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's she's very much like Ishii, actually, stylistically. They also both share the uh, the sliding lariat, actually, mm. in their move sets. But she's mm. someone who's like fantastic in the ring. Uh, she's ha- she's been the leader of two factions. Uh, one kind of by accident because of Nakamura's death, but like she led two factions, 
was like a top uh and she I don't think she's gotten more than one uh shot at the world title at the top title in the company, which is wild for how popular she is um which is a fantastic match. I should probably send you a link uh it was earlier this year, and now she is out indefinitely with various injuries that she apparently had while having five star matches for years like god it it, it's, it boggles the mind a little bit she's never had a single title actually now I think about it just tags and uh yeah crazy yeah does she say more uh you mentioned Ishii has uh she spoke more in 5 years more than a grunt yes okay but that's mostly because <laughs> mostly because stardom has all those uh pre-match promos that they do so yeah. you know she has her catchphrase and whatever if, if I found out that Ishii had a terrible speech impediment, I wouldn't be at all surprised. Because oh, no, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> Ever seen him sit at the table? Ever seen him do, you know, like he'd, he'd win the main event of a show and just walk away? Like never, never gave the send-off, so. You're right, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He won the Jay White match, uh, the lock not Jay White out for the G1 this year. I don't think there was a yeah. promo afterwards. He does talk a lot of smack, but he's yelling at the top of his lungs. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, but uh, I, uh, I, I, I am a very happy. Uh, the, the The reason that I brought up these lists was so that we could uh, learn about uh, each other's wrestling tastes, and uh, I think yeah. the top of our list showed the again we're on this we're on the right show. Yeah, we uh, we shared like what two or yeah two out of the, two in a row. Yeah, well, I I, I orchestrated that a little bit because I was like, let me guess what my what Mars yeah. has. <laughs> yeah. on his list. My um I mean Dibiase was probably the only and when I talked about him already was probably the only one that I wasn't positive what the like uh official standing of that yeah you know that title uh being handed to him was but yeah yeah definitely that, that was a fun like fun little yeah little I loved segment it. yeah dude I loved uh it. yeah so like we'll be back next week I guess we'll cover war games right yeah, I I never would have thought we would have uh, done back to back WWE branded shows, but <laughs> I've done a I've done a great uh, amount of mental uh, conditioning to to try to. I mean, I have the WWE Network. Yeah, like I, I probably wouldn't even um, still have it for the old stuff because I watched eighty percent of it before. But yeah. like for NXT pay-per-views only even you know like so i I try to pretend it's not part of that yeah (laughs) yeah so we'll be back next week with uh, nxt war games uh which airs tonight as of this taping uh yeah i'm jared palapal twitter.com swing dingling um uh mars uh you can find me on all social media dynamo mars uh i should come up uh pretty easily um uh, check out my dormant, but soon to be back. Uh, be the first one on your block to pretend that you discovered uh, my uh, brand new band that's been playing for third 25 years now. <laughs> so, uh, and that's not a joke. We had a 25 year anniversary at the Bull Mansion last nice. year. But, um, so, uh, yeah, uh, check out the Deadites if you like to get down um, and like spooky uh, songs. So, uh, and you can find us on social media at the Deadites everywhere you want to be. So uh, thank you again, my friend, and I'll talk to you next week. Uh, Thank you. See you next week. We're the WrestleDown on Facebook. Have a good whatever part of the day it is. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast.
Fire. 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 Fire.